But back to this verse, it says, For the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now I want you to hear the difference. Under the Old Testament, the lawgiver, all it was was law. Just that. It was law, 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 law. But with Jesus, he said it was different. He said it was grace and truth. And the reason that's so important to me, like I said over the years, is because of this thing that I've watched over the years. I've seen that grace must always precede truth. And the way I've always said it is this. It is a revelation of God's grace that actually qualifies you to administer or handle the truth. Did you hear me? Somebody say, yes, I heard you. <laughs> it's the revelation of God's grace that really qualifies you to handle the truth. I'll tell you why. Because if you don't have a revelation of the grace of God and the love of God, you will take the truth of the Bible and you can hurt people with it. Do you hear me? Now, we all know that Ephesians, the Bible says, the word of the Lord is like a two-edged sword, sharper than any two-edged sword. And I always give this same illustration, but it's the one that works the best. Let's say you have a beautiful piece, you have a scalpel, you know, a surgeon's scalpel in a hospital. They have an incredible scalpel made of incredible surgical steel. That scalpel in the hands of one surgeon will save your life. That scalpel in the hands of a not-so-good surgeon can take your life, right? Do you all agree? Is it the fault of the scalpel? No, it's not the fault of the scalpel. It's in whose hands it's in. And you see, the thing about our God is He so desperately wants us to have this heart of heaven, this heart of God. But this is why, again, it's so difficult because even Paul said in Romans 6 and Romans 7, he said the very word of God that was ordained for salvation became death to us because of the way it was handled. In other words, it was meant for life, but it became death. And even today, this thing still happens. This is what I mean. And go back to when I first started this whole hour. The idea about if you only hear God did this, God makes evil, God kills, God destroys, God's going to burn your teeth out because if you did this and did that, I mean, you get so freaked out that all you live under is a judgmental attitude, and that's all that comes out of your spirit. And I tell you, that's not what attracts people to God. Again, Romans 2, 4, it is the goodness of God that's intended to draw men's hearts and minds to repentance. You don't scare people into heaven. We're supposed to love them into heaven. Now, don't get mad at me. Like I said, yes, you do have to talk about sin, but you have to talk about sin later. You can't be really qualified to deal and to talk about sin until first you've communicated to people grace. Because otherwise, all you're doing without a revelation of grace, you're teaching law, a new form of law to people, and all the law does is put you in bondage. One of my spiritual fathers was Dr. Ed, Ed Cole, you know, who was a great men's prophet and prophet to men. And, and I, this, I love this statement of his. He said, he said, what you learn to notice this, he says, is where there's much love in a church, he said, there's very little law. He said, but where there's much law, he said, you'll always know there's very little love. And I've watched that for years. You can walk in, because I minister in a different church every weekend, and you walk into a church, and I mean, you can feel it. It's tangible. You can tell where there's much law because everybody's so afraid of making a mistake. They're so shook. Oh, if I do this, the pastor will get angry. If I do that, somebody else will get upset. Uh, you know, ushers are watching over me like, you know, like soldiers and <laughs> what have you. And it doesn't mean that you don't have discipline, but the point is you feel this kind of restraint and there's not this freedom. And see, God is a father. You have to understand, God is a father above all else. He is the father from whom all fatherhood takes his name. 
And if anybody has children, I don't know if you know this, but if you've ever had children, children do stupid things when they're babies. Hello? I mean, children dirty their drawers. They break stuff. They knock stuff over. That's what kids do. You don't kick them out of the house because they break something. You don't slap them upside the face. At least you shouldn't, <laughs> you know, if, you, if they do something wrong. If they're two years old and three years old, you just train them, you teach them, and you understand that they're still one or two years old. That's what babies do. Well, a lot of people in our churches, to say the least, you know, they are babies in the things of the Lord. And so they do silly things. But we're not called to slap them and beat them up. We're called to instruct them and teach them in the right ways of the Lord. And this is why it's so important. The law comes by Moses, but grace and truth. Please hear that if you don't hear anything else. We must have a revelation of this grace, this love, and this favor of God before you're really able to rightly divide the word of truth to it, okay? I've got down here again, grace is always to perceive the truth. Grace is the qualification to handle the truth. Now, if you turn to Ephesians chapter 3, I said there's so much scripture. Ephesians 3. And I want you to again hear Paul. Now, Paul again, remember, Paul is the guy that in Galatians says, Galatians says that Paul is a man who was caught up into the third heaven. And he heard, it says, things that were unlawful for man to utter. The Bible says, Paul records that he said that he was sat down, remember, by Jesus Christ himself in this vision when he was caught up into heaven. The Bible says that he was taught by direct revelation of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? In other words, no man taught him his doctrine. He was taught by direct revelation of Jesus Christ, and he was sent back to earth by the Lord and said, Now communicate these things, these great mysteries that I've shown unto you unto the people. That's why the Bible says in the book of Acts that when Paul began to preach and when the apostles began to hear what God showed him, that they turned the world upside down. All of Asia heard the word of the Lord and turned them upside down. What it meant was it changed everything about all, all of their life. They couldn't comprehend what was going on. Because all of their life, you know, the Judeo system, the, he the Jews that they were trying to communicate to, much less the Gentiles, all of the Jews' histories were dependent upon the Abrahamic covenant and upon the principle of circumcision. That's how you were, you know, got into the covenant as a male, as a head of a family. And all of a sudden, Paul comes and he just blows their minds in the book of Galatians and says, listen, circumcision or uncircumcision, it doesn't avail anything anymore, but only faith which works by love. And of course, you have to understand, if you've lived under a certain way of law, <clears throat> a certain form of instruction for all of your life, all of your daddy's life, all of your great-granddaddy's life, all of your great-great-granddaddy's life, all of your generations have lived according to one way of life. Can you imagine? Can you really? See, we can't imagine. It's, it's like being told today. I don't know. I can't even think of a good illustration. It's like being told today that as of tomorrow, none of you have to breathe air. Well, I mean, you'd go, huh? You know, I, you'd probably have a little trouble believing me. But you have to understand, for them to hear, nobody has to be circumcised again because it's all over with. Because Jesus fulfilled the law. He went to the cross, nailed the handwriting of ordinances of the law that were against us to his own cross, blotted them out, took them out of the way. We don't have to live according to that anymore. Circumcision doesn't avail anything anymore. Well, that was just like looking at them and saying, but all of our generational history is based upon this Abrahamic covenant. How can you just say that because of one man that we only watched him for a couple of years, don't even really understand what he did, that now everything has changed that we've been living by for 2,000 years? It blew their ever-living mind. 
So it's, it's a tough thing, but Paul is the guy that was caught up into heaven and heard these things. And so, like I said, Paul's writings are incredibly important. We live all of our life today based upon the Pauline revelation.